Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Introducing the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited 5% back on everything you buy at Walmart online. It's the perfect card for all your family's hints this holiday season. Like 5% back on the air fryer Grandpa told you about when he fell asleep in his chair. He didn't fry anything. Or 5% back on the laptop your sister had carolers sing to you. The Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One Gen A. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. I'm John Taffer, best-selling author, bar rescue guru, and soon your new best friend. I've got a lot of shit for us to talk about, so stop making excuses and let's get started, because this gets real right now. All the way from the studios at Podcast One, here's John Taffer. All righty. It's nice to be back in Vegas, Corey. Oh, yeah? How was your vacation? It was awesome, buddy. And here we are doing it again, episode 56 of my No Excuses podcast. Well, buddy, I had a heck of a week. So I went to a food in Nice, France, and I have a dear friend whose name I won't mention out of respect for privacy, and went to food in Nice, got on his 302-foot mega yacht, one of the finest yachts in the world, Pretty darn incredible, Corey. <laughs> I can only imagine. And then uh, hung out in Nice, uh, cruised around the French Riviera a little bit, went to um, Monte Carlo, Saint-Tropez, and uh, relaxed a little bit. I had a great week, and it was uh, an awful lot of fun. I'll tell you, though, you know, the, the uh, travel is not quite what it used to be, Corey. No? No, and, and you know, uh, uh, I'm not one to beat up companies or anything, but I had the opportunity to fly Delta to France. And American back. And, you know, we often wonder which airline is better, airlines better, everything. And I found it fascinating how, uh, uh, and I'm, uh, I, because of all the bar rescues I've done, I've got about 2 million airline points. Jeez. So I said to Nicole, you know, why don't we use up these freaking points? Yeah. Let's just buy, you know, a couple of uh, first-class tickets and, and just go to France that way. So we did that. We had points on Delta. So we cashed in all these points that we've had for years. And we actually flew. But it was fascinating, the difference between Delta and American. And I've never noticed it so much, uh, especially because I don't travel as much commercially these days. I tend to travel more private. But but the difference uh, in experience between the two airlines was immeasurably different. And when I looked at every part of the experience, from check-in to flying to first class to the seats themselves to the environment of the airplane to the training of the staff, I would say that, that if I were doing a poll... Boy, America just kicked Delta's butt uh, the past week in, in virtually every way. So if there's any Delta executives listening, sorry, guys. Uh, 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 the experience offered uh, uh, at that airline is clearly substandard to some others, and they had a lot of work to do. So coming back on American after the experience of going out on Delta was freaking awesome, Corey, because you feel like you're in a cattle call one way, then suddenly another airline treats you really well on the way back, and you see the difference. And it's fascinating. It's almost like checking into a really lousy hotel and then checking into a great hotel the next night. And you don't realize how great the great hotel is until you've been in a lousy one. You know what I mean? Right. And you might not know how lousy the lousy one was until you're in a great one. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it was a hell of a week, and I got to see my friend Jay McGraw. 
out there, which was really fun to walk into a cafe in Saint-Tropez, France, and see a friend sitting there. So that was pretty neat. We posted some pictures of Jay McGraw and I on a boat and, and hanging out in France. So that was a lot of fun. And then we finished up Marriage Rescue last episode. So all six of those have aired. Thank you, everybody, for watching. It was, it was a blast and a lot of fun to do that show. And, uh, you know, based on if we have time around Bar Rescue, we'll probably come back and make some more of those. But pretty darn excited. New episodes of Bar Rescue start this Sunday, Corey. Yeah, I see that. And you know, when Bar Rescue goes off the air, you know, I get beat up. People post, when are you going to do When are you going to do You know, I miss it. I better. So stop beating me up, everybody. So Sunday is not only uh, starting new episodes of Bar Rescue, but I have Jenny McCarthy on, which is great. So Jenny and Donnie Wahlberg are, are dear friends, and, and to have Jenny on the show, I've been trying to make this happen for like two years. And Jenny's schedule and our schedule didn't line up. So this Sunday night at 10 o'clock on Paramount, Jenny McCarthy's doing recon with me. On Bar Rescue. Pretty cool, huh? And at the same time, Bar Rescue, new episodes premiere Sunday night. You know where I'm going Monday, Corey, don't you? Where? I'm heading off to start season seven of Bar Rescue. So I'm going to do, those of you who are curious, we're going to do 13 episodes by the end of the year, this year. So that's a lot of TV between now and the end of the year. And then we're talking about a bunch more for next year. So Bar Rescue keeps plugging away. And and, uh, it's... uh, Quite a ride, Corey. I thought I'd do a pilot and go home, buddy. Yep, seven seasons later now. Seven seasons, almost ten years later, we're still Jeez. going strong. But before I forget, everybody, don't forget to hit subscribe at Apple Podcast or go to podcastone.com or the Podcast One app so you can get your new episodes every Tuesday. And by the way, i got to thank everybody because our ratings go up and up and up and up. And now our No Excuse podcasts, are, are some of them are running well over 100,000, approaching 150, 180,000 downloads, which are big numbers in the podcast business. So I thank everybody uh, uh, for listening and downloading us. And it's funny, Corey, I always say that Bar Rescue is a little Shakespearean, right? Right. Act one of the show is somebody in trouble, just like Shakespeare. Act two, they resist change. Act three, they start to change. Act four, they redeem themselves. And act five, happy or tragic ending. Very Shakespearean. Makes sense? Yeah, totally. I would have never thought in a million years that Bar Rescue would be Shakespearean. (laughs) And I thought about that because this week was when William Shakespeare was born. So I was reading something about Shakespeare and it dawned on me, son of a gun, Bar Rescue is so Shakespearean in a sense, uh, uh, which is shocking to me because I'm not suggesting for a moment that Bar Rescue has the literary credibility of Shakespeare. Right. But structurally, it's fascinating. That it's the same. So a lot going on these weeks, Corey, this week. Did you know that today is National Grand Marnier Day? No, I, w- I wanted to ask you. I don't. I have no idea what that is, but I have a feeling it's a drink. Grand Marnier is, is I believe, a cognac-based, and don't confirm, I'm not sure it's cognac-based, but it is orange-flavored. Okay. It's an orange-flavored cordial or liqueur, and I believe it is a cognac or brandy-based orange uh, base liqueur. Some people actually can use Grand Marnier in a margarita instead uh-huh. of triple sec or Cointreau. So because of the orange type of flavor that's in Grand Marnier, some people can use it for a grand margarita. Got it. So, so July 15th and the rest of the week, I got to run through some of these because some of them are crazy. National Give Something Away Day. National I Love Horses Day. National Pet Fire Safety Day. Well, shit, that's a good one. How about National Corn Fritters Day and National Chef's Day, National Lottery Day, 
National Peach Ice Cream Day. Now, that's not something you see all the time. I don't see a lot of peach ice cream out there. Maybe that's why they need a day. <laughs> National Tattoo Day is this week, for those of you with tattoos. National Yellow Pig Day is July 17th. Corey, what the... What the hell is a yellow pig? I don't know. I was just thinking that. I've never seen a yellow pig. Yeah. Well, they do have their own days because it is National Pig Day. It's World Emoji Day on July 17th. Pretty exciting. It's also on July 17th, National Hot Dog Day. So I'm guessing they're going to do the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest or something if they haven't already. Well, they do that July 4th, didn't they? Yeah, I did. I saw that. How many did he eat this year? Do you know? I have no idea. Last year, I think he ate 52, and I think the guy only weighed 52 pounds. <laughs> weighed. Did you see the size of him? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> really tiny. Crazy. How the hell do you eat 52 hot dogs when you only weigh 60, 70 pounds yourself? But that's pretty amazing. <laughs> July 18th is National Sour Candy Day. National Get to Know Your Customers Day. National Daiquiri Day. Oh, what to do a post for that? Is the 19th, so, so you can throw a little Grand Manet in your daiquiri, and you're good to know. Good to go. National Lollipop Day, National Pennsylvania Day. Now, here's one that's surprising to me. National Strawberry Rhubarb Wine Day. How much strawberry rhubarb wine have you seen in your life, Corey? Zero. Now, I've been in this business for a long time. I don't believe I have ever seen a strawberry rhubarb wine. doesn't even sound very good, does it? No. Well, somehow it got its own freaking day. July 21st, National Junk Food Day. And National Be Someone Day. I thought everybody was someone. And then one of my favorite days of the year, National Ice Cream Day, which, of course, is always fun. What flavor is your best favorite ice cream, Corey? What do you eat? I'm a strawberry guy. Strawberry? Really? Yeah. Have you always been a strawberry guy? No, I liked uh, pistachio for a while, and I'll go through phases. Phases. So strawberry and pistachio. So you're pretty uh, untraditional ice cream eater. Yeah, you can say that. Vanilla chocolate, yeah. If there's no strawberry or pistachio, what's your next choice? Uh, probably like an Oreo. Ooh. Oreo's always good. Yeah, so your cookie dough. <laughs> I must confess, I, I, I had to go to Sonic and try their cookie dough shake. Oh. They have a new cookie dough shake I saw on TV. Now, I got a lot of respect for um, uh, that company because Sonar, they do such a great job. Sonic, it's on shakes and beverages. So when you think about how much they've built their company on shakes and beverages, so they have a cookie dough shakes. We had to drive over there and try it. So last week, Nicole and I drove over there and tried it. And I got to tell you about it. It was pretty freaking good. Well, hey, if anybody has Sonic's listening, um, send some, some drinks our way. Yes, yeah, send some cake dough shakes to us, and we yeah. will consume them during next week's podcast and speak to their delectability. We'll be right back. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Hello, guys. It's MMA fighter Chael Sonnen. Check out my podcast, You're Welcome, with Chael Sonnen every Wednesday and Friday right here at Podcast One. We cover the latest in mixed martial arts and everything else going on in the world of sport. Listen free to You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen, exclusively available at podcastone.com and on the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. Shut it down! All right, Corey, I'm pretty excited about this, buddy. This is my new segment that I've been working on called In the Dark. Now, here's the deal. In this segment, any of my listeners can send me an audio file with any question or comment you want. Say whatever you like. Corey's going to surprise me with it. And whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. So you ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. Give me the first one. 
John, Patrick in Memphis here. Huge fan of your work. Um, quick question for you. Beatles or Stones? Keep on shutting it the f*** down. Signing off. Have oh. a good one. Oh, man, tough choice. You know, from from a melodic standpoint, you know, I'm sort of a Beatles guy in that, I, you know, I think they have some great melodies. But if I had to pick the two, I got to go with the Stones, man. They're just something about the Stones. And to think that they're still at it is an incredible thing. The Stones are so cool that a few years ago I saw them in San Francisco. And Keith Richards is on stage, and he just stops playing guitar in the middle of songs to take a drag of a cigarette. Six, eight beats later, you know, he strums a few times, stops again, strums a few times. They are so cool that they don't even care when they stop playing in the middle of a song. And as one who was a drummer and learned to play drums uh, with a methadone, uh, the, the uh, time of the, dr- of the Stones is not exactly the best. They could be probably three beats off from where they started by the time they get to the end of the song. But I got to go Stones, buddy. I'm going Stones all the way. That was an easy one, Corey. Give me yeah, the next one. Let's see if this one's a little more challenging. What beer offers the best bang for its buck, John? I got to know. What's the best deal on draft beer? <laughs> well, bang for your buck. Are you talking cheap or are you talking you know, a, a more potent beer? Cheap, I got to tell you, years ago when we used to do cheap beers, 25-cent beers and stuff, we'd buy Old Milwaukee <laughs> by the keg. It's a brand they don't even market. And I think we paid $9. I'm, I'm lying. We paid like $9 for a keg of old Milwaukee. And we didn't even put the brand on it. It was just beer. Beer, 25 cents. But we used to do something that we used to sell beers for 25 cents for like eight-ounce draft beers, Corey, until the first person peed. Oh, wow. And the minute the first person peed, all the prices went back to normal. So I'd put guards outside because people would be pissing in the bushes. Yeah. I'd put people inside the bathrooms. And if you were the first guy who peed, Corey, we'd bring you out in the middle of the bar, raise your hand, let everybody curse you out because everybody's paying regular price for oh, beer. Again. So if we're talking value, I think Old Milwaukee was about the cheapest beer we could find. But then if you're talking proof, there's beers like Elephant Ale. You know, which can run very high alcohol percentages. And some of those beers, which are primarily European beers, give you a bigger bang for your buck as far as potency is concerned. And as far as potency is concerned, I got to talk about cocktail mixers for a minute, Corey, because this is a really exciting week. Oh, yeah. Taffer's Mixologist launches this week in all Walmart stores across the country. I work with Ryan Van Flanden, who's been on Bar Rescue, who's one of the finest mixologists in the country. Brian and I wanted to create the greatest cocktail mixer line in America. Cocktail mixers normally come in plastic bottles, which means they suck. You see, a good mixer always comes in a glass bottle. And here's why, Corey. A glass bottle is hot-filled. which means it's filled at a high temperature and vacuum-sealed so you don't have to put artificial preservatives in it to keep it fresh and wonderful. As soon as you put it into a plastic bottle, it's cold-filled, and you have to put preservatives and artificial ingredients in it. So when we created Taffer Mixologist, we created all cold-pressed, the freshest juices and ingredients, the finest spices, and then we cold-filled them all into glass bottles. Well, I started working on this a year ago, went to Walmart, Pitched it to Walmart. Walmart said yes. And there's now Taffer Mixologist is in 4,478 Walmarts across the country. And I challenge any of you to try the Margarita Mix, the Bloody Mary Mix, Cosmo, Mojito, Skinny uh, Margarita, Strawberry Margarita, and to tell me that you've ever had a better mix. We worked too hard on this. I believe these are the best mixers in the world. And you can get them at Walmart, which is pretty damn cool. Then in August... 
Taffer's Craft Carbonated Cocktails hit, Corey, which I'm really excited about. Ooh. And we have seven flavors, and they're going in Walmarts as well. And since you were talking about beer and the power of beer, they these are 5% alcohol and unbelievably great flavors. And we'll tell everybody about them. We'll probably give away a bunch cool. when we launch them. Uh, 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 and those launch in August in Walmart. So pretty darn excited. And those of you that love Bloody Marys, you've got to try Taffer Mixologist. I guarantee it'll be the best Bloody Mary mix you've ever had. So let's see. What do you got next, buddy? John Taffer, my man. Dan here from Boston. Huge fan. Been watching Bar Rescue for years. So I have a business model I've been working on. It's more of a network-driven business, so it's, it's more digital in that sense. And my biggest concern and my question to you is that at this stage, I think it's an attractive concept that I've come up with. However, I'm not sure how it's going to be profitable in the early beginnings. So my biggest concern is that I'm going to dump too much of my own financial resources and my time into something that doesn't deem any profitability. So I'd appreciate any guidance you had in the matter, man. Boston loves you. All the best. Well, Dan, you know, that's the risks of business, buddy, is unfortunately when we do a business risk, uh, uh, we could have a waste of time or a waste of money. Let me tell you the story of another Boston guy, Dave Portnoy, who's been on the show. David uh, is owner of Barstool Sports and a dear, dear friend of mine. You've seen him on Bar Rescue. You know, when Portnoy started Barstool Sports, it was a sports booking newspaper. He got up at 3.34 in the morning to run to the subways in Boston to hand them out to everybody. He had no idea if he was going to be successful, but he kept working it, getting up at 3.30 in the morning, handing out the newspapers, trying to develop a brand. Then it evolved, and he started to develop a real web presence and then a social media presence, and he built it, and he built it, and he got up to about 8 million hits a month and, and wound up selling half or so of Barstool Sports for tens of millions of dollars. And David is a very wealthy man today because of it, but here's the point. David said to me when we were sitting and talking uh, a few years ago that he knew all he needed was eyeballs. And once he had eyeballs, he could figure out how to make money. And I say the same thing to you, Dan. If you're going into a networking, social media type of a business like that, where it's all about eyeballs and quantity of people involved, build the eyeballs. Once you have a following of hundreds of thousands or millions and you start to build the eyeballs, monetizing it becomes easy. So a guy like me who has all these social media eyeballs that follow me, I can market to those people. I can try to sell them things. I can build a brand with those things. Eyeballs and developing hundreds of thousands or millions of eyeballs is never a waste of time. So, Dan, I think if you really believe in what you're doing, I think you should think of Dave Portnoy's lesson with Barstool Sports. I think you should go to it. I think you should work it. And as long as you're building eyeballs and building value, then you'll find a way to monetize it. That's my advice to you, buddy. Good luck. So in the dark, and the concept of in the dark is I have no idea what he's going to play me. So help me have some fun with this, folks. Send in some audio files. Be a little crazy. Be a little direct. Corey will play them. Shock me. Catch me with my pants down, so to speak. And let's see where it goes. What do you think? I love it. You know, when I did Answer the Internet a few weeks ago on Barstool, what was most fun about that was the fact that I had no idea what they were going to ask me. So when KFC started firing these cards at me, I had no idea it was coming. It was an awful lot of fun. So in the dark 
is our new segment. I need some audio files, guys. Send them in right away, and I will be right back with an interview that I've been really looking forward to for these past few weeks. I have Sean Merriman here. You might know Sean as Lights Out. Sean was not only a great NFL player, was known as Lights Out because when he was in high school, the first four people he tackled, he completely knocked out. They were unconscious. And Sean is now involved in wrestling and fighting and NASCAR and apparel and has become so entrepreneurial that I had to get him on a show. We've got to catch up with what he's doing. So when I come back, we'll be with Sean now. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Introducing the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited 5% back on everything you buy at Walmart online. It's the perfect card for all your family's hints this holiday season. Like 5% back on the air fryer Grandpa told you about when he fell asleep in his chair. He didn't fry anything. Or 5% back on the laptop your sister had carolers sing to you. Two turtle and a laptop for Carrie. The Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One NA. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. You can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand all for free. There's no credit card needed and there's no sign-up. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Pluto TV is free on all of your favorite devices. So download Pluto TV today. Tapper's back. This is No Excuses with John Tapper. Sean, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Good, thanks. I've been looking forward to interviewing you. I don't know if you know this. I used to be on the board of NFL Enterprises and one of the creators of Sunday Ticket. But some of my greatest moments in football were watching Lights Out uh, uh, do a sack, man. You have brought me unbelievable smiles. I'm a huge fan of yours. So it's a pleasure to have you here, Sean. Oh, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. So, so you are not only an exciting football player. I want everybody to know a little bit about your life because uh, uh, becoming you – you know, it took a whole lifetime to get there. And it's interesting to me when I found out that you got the nickname Lights Out when you were back in high school in Maryland. And yeah. Then, and then my, you – go ahead. Tell me the story. My, my sophomore year, I, uh, I knocked out four guys in one game. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's funny because that, it just happened. About 20 or 25 students come right up, running up to me after the game, and they were saying, oh, man, you knocked those guys' lights out. And I just kind of – like it was supposed to happen. I was like, yeah, you know what? Call me, call me lights out. <laughs> and that name just stuck with me. I mean, obviously you got to live up to it, right? You actually got to go out there and put in the work, but uh, that name just stuck with me. And it kind of became, um, you know, this brand that I was, you know, very synonymous with and just people knew it. Like I, I've been called lights or lights out more than Sean in the past, you know, 15 years or so of my life. When, when you're that successful young, so now you're playing football. You now you're known as lights out, right? You're taking them down. Now you've got this pressure to be this all the time. Was that hard when you were young? Yeah, um, and even at some point, just falling into it, right? Falling into yeah. some of the hype. And um, when when you're young and you're experiencing stuff for the first time, and everything is coming at you, right? Some of the opportunities that you've never seen before, and you know, it's funny, they, they used to have these rookie symposiums and everybody tell you, don't do this, or don't do that. You can't prepare. You know, yeah. you really can't prepare for some of the stuff that be thrown at you, not just the money or the fame, um, you know, how to become like an, an adult, how to become a man and make decisions that 
you're maybe a 30 something year old uh, person would have to make. And you're making that at 20 years old and you're just learning to uh, do things to a certain type of way. So um, I had to learn very fast and had to mature very early um, and kind of break out of that. Don't fall into, you know, this lights out character that, you know, I am on Sundays, um, but more of a more of a businessman. Yeah, and business has been really important to you, buddy. you got a lot of stuff going on in your life. But you know what I found interesting is you're not only a legend in NFL, you're a pro bowler, which a lot of people don't know that about you. Do you still bowl actively? Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes here and there, not as much as I used to um, because, you, you know, obviously I got my MMA league now yep. and you know, I'm doing a bunch of TV, but I'll still probably bowl once once a week, once a week or so I'll get out there. You still good? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I bowl at this place. I got a pretty good deal going with a company called uh, Bolero. Yeah, uh, you know, got the bowling alleys yep. across the across the country. We're actually launching something pretty soon here. Uh, but yeah, I got a great partnership with them, and I still love to bowl. Yeah, they're a great company. They're part of AMF and and that whole chain. Yeah, uh, uh, they own all. We've actually worked on their menus and their food with them. They got about three hundred and fifty centers. That's really freaking cool, man. That you've done that. But also, you were a hell of a basketball player when you were young. So when you were 15, what did you want to be? You know, it's funny. I was uh, I, I started off playing basketball first, but I was so damn aggressive that I would file out of games. Ah. And uh, my coaches and everybody around around me said, you know, this this might not be the sport for you. You know, I still <laughs> play, but that really kind of got me in the football. I said, man, if you're this aggressive on a basketball field, what can you do on a football field? Yeah. So when I think when I was ten or eleven years old, I tried out in football, and I was like, hold on, I can I can do this to people, and I can't go to jail or get in trouble. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so it was uh, it was one of the things that just just worked out in my favor. Um, you know, I had a very tough upbringing. Um, I grew up in PG County, Maryland, and we were uh, left homeless a few times. Jeez. And, um, you know, it was it was my way of being able to let out aggression. You know, I was able to go out there for a couple hours in a practice or a game and really just uh, release from everything else I was dealing with in my life as a kid. And I just fell in love with the sport. It was a, it was just a natural uh, you know, a, a thing for to happen with me, and I just loved it. Yeah, you love winning, don't you, buddy? It's number one, it, almost to a fault. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of these things that uh, you know, I got a nine-year-old son now, Justin, and I try to tell him that you know, just go out and have fun, and it's about the fun of the game, and just play your hardest, and I'm happy. But you know, in my heart, I'm like, you better go out there and win some, win some games. Uh, it- but it's 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 one of those things, man. I just I love com- uh, competition, uh, even though I'm not you know, competing anymore in the field, everything with me off the field is a competition. Do you find when you look at children today and little leagues and football, you know, everybody gets an award. They don't keep score on some of these games now. So, you know, everybody's a winner. There's no losers. Do you think that you would have become lights out if you were raised that way? No. Um, and truth be told, I think they set, uh, set these kids up for failure. Me too. Um, because life isn't that way. That's right. And um, I, I, I get where they, what they're trying to do. Uh, but if you are giving the same trophy, fee, tr- same trophy and the same award um, for everyone that's not putting in the same effort, mm-hmm. uh, I think that you're, you know, setting a kid down the wrong path. And, you know, I might be a little bit of old school thinking that way. Um, but you're setting a kid up thinking that if you can give minimal effort, I'm still going to get something. And life isn't set, isn't set up that way. No, I agree. And a magic word, I think, of what you just said was effort. 
And when, when I was younger, my, my, my daughter was younger, I used to coach their sports teams. And I always found it surprising that somebody put forth the effort. You know, they dove into that bag. I mean, they risked their bodily harm. But then the next kid didn't try, didn't push themselves, but they almost got the same recognition. So when you were young and growing up in difficult situations, you developed, I'm guessing, a spine that taught you to stick up for yourself. Yeah, there's, you know, honestly, there, you look back at all the stuff you were going, I was going through when I was a kid, and you're like, man, why is this stuff happening to me? Why do I have to deal with this at, a, at such a young age? And so many kids, you know, got it a lot easier. Um, but I look back on it now, and, you know, I was really just getting prepared for what I have to deal with now and, and why I'm so successful mm-hmm. um, and other things, because, you know, things get tough. You know, everything's not going to go your way, and you're going to have some very bad days, and you got to find a way to win just that day. And, uh, you know, that helped me develop that character and that thick skin when I was younger. And now I'm appreciative of it because if I didn't have that, you know, I would have quit uh, in so many things I've done in my life that were tough. Um, if that didn't happen. Yeah. So how good do you feel about yourself that you get to insulate your child from all of what you went through when you were young? How cool is it, that? It's, it's so cool. Um, you know, I, I look back and my son plays uh, football and hockey. And uh, anybody who know anything about hockey, it is the, the most game. expensive sport yeah. uh, to, to play. And they got the travel teams. And every year he needs to skate, new equipment. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, if I was a kid, I, if no way in the world I would be able to buy skates every year. Are you kidding me? We would never have gotten a chance to play hockey. So- uh, but, you know, I have a great kid. Um, he, he really works hard. And, um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's not, a, you know, it's funny, he's not spoiled. Um, he's very thankful for everything, very grateful. And, um, you know, so that's why I don't, I don't feel bad doing it. Yeah. So, so uh, he's a hockey player, which I think is the toughest sport to play. When you just look at physical endurance and, and a beating up on your body. So it's fun to hear an ex-NFL player, you know, talk about hockey. I'm a hockey nut. And here in Las Vegas, we're just hockey crazy here. With the Golden Knights and, and, you know, the, the, as a new franchise and the success we've had. So when you were young and you were drafted, I want you to go back to that moment for a moment. So you're a young kid. You grew up tough. You were a fighter. You became lights out in high school. You were also a basketball player. Suddenly you're drafted in the NFL. Tell me about that night when you went home. Um, you know, so I, I was back home in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland, where I grew up, and uh, I rented this uh, nice mansion for uh, back in Maryland, not too far uh, where I went to high school at, up Frederick Douglass High School in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Had it been about 20,000 square feet or somewhere close to it. Uh, I invited all my high school coaches, my friends, family, teammates. I mean, everybody was there. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I actually thought I was going to be a Dallas Cowboy. I took a visit to the Cowboys before. Uh, before I went over and took a visit with uh, with the Chargers at the time, and the Cowboys told me that they were going to draft me. So uh, most of my family and friends had Cowboy hats and jerseys. In the no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're sitting in there, and they had the 11th pick up, the Dallas Cowboys, and they, they didn't make a mistake with, uh, you know, probably the, you know, the, the soon-to-be Hall of Famer and DeMarcus Ware. Um, but Marty Schottenheimer, I'll never forget Marty Schottenheimer, the head coach of the Chargers at the time, he uh, – I got this call. I think it was a, uh, it was an eight five eight San Diego area code. And I looked, and Marty Schottenheimer was on the phone. He said, uh, "Sean, are you ready to be a uh, Ben San Diego Charger?" And um, 
I said, yeah, are you guys ready to draft me or what? And I'm kind of, I'm ready to go. And uh, he said, all right, well, we're drafting you with this next next pick. We'll see you soon. Hung up the phone, and my family was just kind of going crazy. Were you right watching there. it on TV? It was on TV. Yeah. It was on ESPN. And I was sitting there and uh, said, yeah, with the 12th pick of the 2005 NFL draft, the San Diego Chargers select Sean Merriman. And, you know, I, my hair raised up on my arms, and I'm like, my face got really, really hot. My ears got a burning, itching. I was so, like, out of it. It didn't feel real. Um, and then my family and friends and people in crying and stuff. And I just remember that day, everything changed. Um, how I grew up and, you know, I went to University of Maryland and went there three years and just everything changed that day. And I'll never forget that. It's fascinating how overnight and not a lot of businesses are that way, how overnight that happens. So you go back, you're happy, but aren't you also a little scared? little apprehensive. I mean, you're going into the NFL. This is the real deal here now. These are some tough coaches, some tough guys. Did you have moments of fear or or, or, or anticipation? Um, no, I was I was ready to go. The only fear that I, I think I had a little bit is I never lived out the state. Mm. Um, actually, my first time to California in general ever was when I took my trip to go visit the Chargers before the draft. Wow. And um, I, I never forget, I've never seen palm trees in person, right? So uh, we were uh, I never, uh, flying over the, the, the water in San Diego, and I looked down, I saw palm trees, and I only seen it on TV at the time. Wow. And I said, man, this is where, I'm, this is where I got drafted with the 12th pick. Normally, if you go that high in the draft, you go to a really bad team. <laughs> right. Uh, and they, and they went to 12 and 40 year before I got there. So I'm walking into a uh, to a really good team early in the draft. Beautiful and, place. Um, I, could, I couldn't have been more excited. Yeah, that's pretty damn exciting. So, so uh, what I find interesting about your career is you have had some tough luck. Yeah. Some injuries, right? You got involved in a, a BS scandal, <laughs> if you will. You're almost set up. To how do you deal with those tough moments when you were injured? For example, you know you, you had an yeah. Achilles issue and stuff. How do you keep yourself motivated, Trun? Because you have been on top, and then you've had unfair things happen to you that knocked you off that pedestal. How did you deal with those moments? You know, just one of the things what we talked about before, right? Um, with my upbringing and what I had to go through. Uh, when you when you're homeless, you don't have a place to go. And, you, you know, you come home from practice and you don't know if you got food in the fridge, if you're going to eat that night or not. Um, nothing can happen to you worse than that. Mm. Right. I mean, I was suspended in 2006. I think yep. the BS scandal you're talking about uh, was in 2009 or something or eight or whatever it was. Yeah, tequila. Um, yep. Yeah, that that whole thing. So, you know, when you when you've been through the uh, those times, nothing can be worse than that. I don't I don't I don't care what you go through. Uh, if you're living and you're breathing, the, the worst thing that, that can happen to you is you're homeless and not knowing what's going to happen to you, not yeah. knowing what's going to happen the next day. Uh, so when you built when you built with that tough skin and you had to work up from there, you can deal with everything else. Um, and, I, and through it all, I just stayed positive. Um, I, I believe you know, I, I stayed focused. I stayed, uh, you know, I'm pretty religious. I, I stayed believing in all the things I needed to believe in. And uh, it, I never let it side, sidetrack me. I just didn't. Um, I always figured that. Uh, you're going to go through some things, but you got to come out on top. You know, um, tough times last, you know. You know, it's funny. Tough tough times don't last and tough people do. It's funny. Uh, You learn a lot about a man when you see him go through tough periods like that. And, you know, watching you go through some of those things, I gained respect for you, buddy. 
You know, I think you handle things like that with a lot of class, and, and, and they're not easy to do, especially when they're so unfair like that and, and uh, dishonest as they were to some degree. So, okay, so now you finish with football. Tough blow. Yes. And I've been with a lot of ex-football players and a lot of ex-athletes. That's a really hard time in your life because where are you going to go now? What are you going to do now? And it's an abrupt ending. So when football ended for you, did it take you a while to figure it out, or did you know what you wanted to do? No, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, you know, as I said before, you know, Lights Out was uh, was a thing that people knew me as, but it mm-hmm. was also a brand that yep. people knew in general. Um, but even outside of that, I knew I wanted to remain around the sport and talk about it, whether it was broadcasting or mm-hmm. doing something um, in, around the game still, because I still loved it. Yep. So for me... It wasn't what I was going to do next. I had that part of it figured out. It was still feeling like I could play and mm. feeling like, okay, man, this is over and accepting it. Yeah. Um, because it, and I tell guys all the time, the first year or two when you're done is the hardest time because you physically and mentally think you can go back and play. Uh, but you got to accept the fact that you, you know not only are you done with the game, but the game is probably done with you. Yeah, that's and, tough. Um, that's tough. You know, and it's very tough. So that, that first year or two, I tell guys, you're going to go through it. Even if you got the best thing going for you uh, and you got a job and you doing all the things you want to do, you got to that, – that in the back of your mind, you're like, man, this, this football thing, I'm done. Something I've been doing since I was 19 years old, I'm finished. There's no more of that. And then you mentally have to move away from the game. You know, when, when uh, you were talking earlier about growing up and – you know, it's it's really powerful, Sean, and so few people that are listening to me, I hope very few people that are listening to us, ever go to sleep without eating and ever worry about where their ne- next meal came from. You went to sleep hungry when you were a kid, and you weren't even sure you were going to eat the next day, were you? No. Um, you know, I thank God I had some uh, coaches when uh, when I was a kid. Um, my Boys and Girls Club, before it was a Boys and Girls Club, back where I played ball, who you know, helped us out when they could. They bought police when we couldn't afford yeah. to pick me up for practice. Um, you know, we had some people around. I mean, my mother did everything she possibly could, but it just uh-huh. wasn't, you know, just wasn't enough. And, um, you know, we had some very, very unfortunate times. Yeah. And so at that point, I, like I tell people, you, you know, you don't know the next day is going to hold, what's going to happen when you wake up or when you go to sleep. Uh, it, it was like always an adventure. And that, that adventure wasn't like this fun this fun ride where you look on now. and you spring with smiles. This, this right. adventure, like, I'm opening the door when there might be something bad on the opposite side of it. And, um, you know, it was tough. But, I, I, like I said, no, if it, if it, I don't believe if it wasn't for that, um, there's no way I'll be where I am right now. Because, as we mentioned, it was a few bumps in the road that easily could I could have hung it up and said, I'm, I'm done with this. I, I can't take it anymore. Or I can't deal with it. And uh, the, the, the pressures or the amounts of um, – being able to stay focused, stay positive, and yeah. push through all of it is, is what I really banked on. Yeah, so in an essence, it made you the strong man that you are today and made you live through all that. So now you leave football and you went into business. And you love business, I can tell. You love, you're very yeah. entrepreneurial in spirit. So you knew as a young man, Lights Out's a brand. And this is lifestyle and I can do this. So you started getting into clothing. You even got into yep. a NASCAR deal yeah so tell us you know football ends and now you're going out looking for opportunities so you started building the lights out brand yeah so, so uh yeah i had lights out so what happened was and um 
when I was drafted by the Chargers in 2005, I got my first piece of money. I, I got this yep. little money in the bank. How'd that feel? And, uh, you know, I had this whole brand, uh, and people knew me as Lights Out, but I wanted to own my own name. I wanted to own what people knew me as. So uh, it was a company by the by the name of PJ Salvage. Uh, that's Irvine. Uh, they were a sleepwear company mm-hmm. uh, based in Irvine, California. Um, you know, I had a good friend of mine who was a uh, trademark and patent attorney lawyer. And I said, man, I, I want to go buy my name and buy my rights from this company. And we did uh, in 2006-ish, around, around somewhere around there. Uh, so I bought all their, na- their rights and classifications and trademarks and everything else they owned. And I started to sell clothes. Um, you know, I started selling uh, T-shirts and hats in San Diego mm-hmm. and some mom and pop shops uh, and sports shops. And uh, you know, three, four years of that, five years of that uh, went really well. Uh, wasn't hard because I was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of beasting in San Diego, and yep. I was able well, you to built a good brand the there. And uh, so, you know, I, I really love the business, and um, I don't know how much you have your hands in the apparel business, but it is it can, can be a headache. Yeah. And um, so, anyway, I just figured that this is a brand that people knew. Um, this can be bigger than just uh, apparel. Uh, that's when I retired and I started to look into other things, uh, like the NASCAR mm-hmm. um, team that. You know, I had it uh, at the K&N series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had uh, one of two African-American drivers uh, in NASCAR in the K&N series, uh, Jesse Awuji. And um, so, I, you know, I started to align myself. I try to align myself with as many things as I can under the umbrella of what I like to do. Um, that way it doesn't seem like work. You know, yeah. I love NASCAR. Um, yeah, I went back uh, 2007 or 2008. They had me out there as a grand marshal. At that time, I knew nothing mm-hmm. about NASCAR at all. And uh, it was a race in Fontana. And they had me to be the Grand Marshal. I came out there and they announced my name. 30,000 people there announced my name on a big, um, on a horn. People went crazy. I had no idea the NASCAR fans, who the hell, who the hell Sean Merriman was. But they did. Uh, and ever since then, it was uh, the Richard Petty um, experience who yep. kind of intro- introduced me into the NASCAR world. But I never left the sport after that. Yeah. Uh, so I you know, got there. And so, I, yeah, I just really started to align myself with things that uh, that I really love to do. You've also, uh, you went to Japan for a little while and worked at fighting out there, but you also became a bit of a TV star there a little bit with MTV Exposed, and you were doing a lot of TV work there for a while. I can see why. Looking at you now, you're good at it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so. No, well, that, that kind of just happened, right? Um, so I was I did the MTV thing. Uh, I think I did an Exposed. And yep. I just actually, about a, about a year and a half or so ago, I did the MTV uh, The Challenge. We yep. had the big competition. Uh, so I, I always love TV. Um, one, because I can go and just be myself anyway. I don't have yeah. to, you know, kind of jump into character and be anyone else. Yep. Um, but for two, yeah, I love competing. Yeah. I still love to compete. So, you know, you got anything where I can go and compete at, I don't care if it's a thumb wrestling match. I'm going to find a way to win. Uh, and I'll hire a coach for a thumb wrestling match so I can get really good <laughs> just to win. Uh, so, that's just, you know, how I feel about that. So I just knew the TV was something I, I just enjoyed doing. Um, you know, right now I'm over at uh, uh, Fox Sports. I do some mm-hmm. announcing over there, and I do all the Chargers pre- and post-game yep. show on uh, ABC7 here locally in L.A. And you're great at it, too, buddy, by the way. Thank you. No, you're really good at it. I'm sure you're going to be doing a lot more of it. Okay, let's talk about wrestling. Okay, so now... You bowled. You played basketball. You, you played in the NFL. You got an apparel line with Lights Out. You bought Lights Out, the brand. So now you got this brand. You got the apparel line. You're involved in NASCAR. And then you started wrestling. 
Yeah. Uh, so tell us how you made that transition because you're doing something really cool with Lights Out. So I want everybody to know how you got to that. Yeah, so what happened was uh, they had a show in San Diego. I think it was 2012 or 2013. It was a pay-per-view. And uh, they just wanted me to kind of jump out the crowd and, and, and you know, be myself, be lights out, and uh, and hit, um, I think, Guerrero. Some, some, I forgot who the play, uh, uh, superstar was with a uh, bamboo stick, right? I was going to be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of was taught. I knew what was going to happen. I knew what was going to go down. And um, I knew that I was already a fan of WWE anyway. I mm-hmm. knew all the storylines. I kept up with everything. That's, I still keep up with everything that's yeah. going on. And uh, so I, I knew what to do exactly. And, I, and I, in that pay-per-view, the fans went crazy. And uh, from that point on, I started to, you know, talk to WWE here and there about possibly going and, ju- and joining the, uh, the universe. Yeah. Well, WWE universe. Went down to um, Orlando. I think it was around 2015 or 2016, somewhere around there. Uh, thing was 16. I went down to Orlando, uh, where the WWE Performance Center is, and mm-hmm. uh, worked out uh, there for a couple of days. Killed the workout. Jumped into my promos, cut great promos and stuff like that. I, first of all, I love it. So this is this this is not work. I mean, yeah, I can wake up in the morning and roll out of bed, and I can do everything that I'm talking yeah. about because it's not work. I just actually love to do it. Um, and it went it went great. Hosted on the WWE Network for for some time. I, I hosted a WrestleMania uh, there back in uh, I think it was the Sil- Silverdome, mm-hmm. Silverdome in, in New Orleans. Was Sil- that, I know I always get confused. Yeah. Silver. So that was a couple years ago. Silverdome. Maria Menounos, a dear friend of mine, was there at that. Event. Yes, right. That's right. That's right. Yep. So uh, one of the, one of the most uh, amazing experiences I've ever had in my life uh, because one being a fan. But, you know, as you know, the, the WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm hosting their Super Bowl wow. um, for WWE. And that was that was just amazing. And that was really cool. So you saw how your fans embraced you in wrestling. Some went with you, but that wrestling community embraced you. Then you chose to go into your own business wrestling. And, and Dana White has been on this very program. We've talked with Dana. And obviously UFC, uh, MMA, uh, WWE, these are Big businesses now, huge global businesses worth billions of dollars. So here we are, lights out. You've been going up against guys uh, 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 with more experience and tougher than you your whole life and taking them down. So now you're going to go into the wrestling business on your own. Well, the MMA, MMA business, yeah. Yep, So, so, and the MMA business. So so you started lights out. Yep, lights out extreme fighting. And you're just launching literally now, right? Yeah, so what, what happened was, uh, so Lights Out Extreme, well, before Lights Out Extreme Fight, it was a number one local promotion called uh, CXF MMA, California Extreme Fighting. Um, I had a buddy of mine who invited me out to some fights uh, a couple years, about two years ago. Uh, and they're based right here in Burbank. So I was going to these shows, and I was looking at the built-in crowd. They had five, mm-hmm. 600 people sometime. They had a built-in crowd, and I was going to it. And look, I'll, I'll go watch a backyard brawl somewhere. You tell me there's mm-hmm. some combat sports going on, I want to go see it. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to the fights three, four times, and I finally sat down with my then my, my now partner, Stephen George. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, look, guys, I, I love this. I love what you have going on. These fighters lay it out in the line. You guys got a built-in, nice built-in crowd, but I can put this thing times 100. Um, I, know what, I know what I'm doing. I've been around – MMA for the last 14 mm-hmm. years of my life. This is a passion of mine. This is what I want to do for a living. 
Um, so we came in and we got uh, Lights Out. We, we rebranded as Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Mm-hmm. We uh, we launched, uh, had our first fight back in May on uh, Fox Sports West and Prime Ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had our uh, last show sold out crowd, a little under 1,400 people. Just about a week uh, or so ago. Yes. Uh, this you past Saturday. I saw. This, this, yeah, this past last Saturday. Terrific. Uh, so you had a sellout. We had another sellout. That's and awesome. And not only do we uh, we on Fox Sports West and Prime Ticket, but they now uh, Fox has extended us to Ohio, Texas, Florida, uh, Arizona, San Diego. So we're in about five or six other regions now because we have great viewership. People love our shows. So this is just a start, man. This is you know this is uh we want to be premier, man. This we want to be mentioned up there with the with the best. Yeah. Wow. So so now I'm guessing you're recruiting more fighters. And you're, yeah. st- and you're starting to grow the brand, and I'm guessing if we watch it, so so lights out ultimate fighting is that what it is? Uh, lights out extreme fighting. Lights out extreme fighting dot com. Yeah, lights out xf dot com is a website. So so if we go to that site over the next few weeks, we'll start to see more events. Yeah, and, absolutely. And- we we just had our first of uh, my the former athlete, former football player Chris McCain. He played linebacker for the Chargers in, yeah. in, uh, in Miami Dolphins. He just made his debut this past Saturday, had a second-round knockout in 30 seconds. And uh, we're going to have – I'm, I'm going to make an announcement here in the next few weeks of another former football player and an NBA player and an NHL player who's also coming to transition over. Wow, man. I can see that big smile on your face. You're having fun with this, aren't you? Yeah, it, honestly, man, I, I, this, is, uh, this is great. I, 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 you can't call this work because um, I love doing it. Yeah. So you're going to take lights out. You're going to create a whole new brand. And not only that, you're going to give success to a lot of uh, ex-NFL uh, basketball players, give them a new opportunity to keep their brand going. Very cool, buddy. Very exciting. You should be really uh, proud of what you've accomplished. Thank you. I'll tell you, Sean, you are a great example. You are, buddy. Thank you. You, you showed that somebody can grow up on the streets with nothing but confidence in themselves, toughness. But you also had a lot of integrity in your life. And, you know, I think that, that, that you're a great guy, and I think your story should be an inspiration to all of us. Okay, I'm going to have some fun with you for a minute. You ready? Okay. So I was reading in the back of your bio are a few pages that are handwritten, and they ask you questions, and you answer them. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah. there was one question, if I could get anything unlimited for life, it would be, and you said, money. Money. Fair answer. Okay. The next one was, uh, uh, what are you scared of? Now, I would think a guy like you is not scared of very many things. But do you remember what your answer was? Sharks and snakes. So Nope, that was the next one. World domination. Okay, yeah. It was yeah. what you wrote on that one. So this was years ago, right? So I'm messing with your memory a little bit here. Yeah, this is, this, you take me back now. Okay, so your biggest nightmare is, remember what you wrote? Snakes and sharks? Nope, failing. Oh, failing. Your okay. biggest nightmare. One of, those, one of those on there snakes and sharks. I'm coming to it. I'm coming to it. Okay. Okay. All right. The next one, I'm guessing this was your favorite movie. And by the way, it's one of mine also. Remember what movie you wrote? Was it Life? Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday. That's right. Great freaking movie, right huh? I'm, I'm trying to remember when I wrote this. had to been some time ago. Yep. So that was a pretty good portrayal of a, of a football life, wasn't it? I, you know what, man? It was so so accurate. Um, you know, obviously they got to put the the movie spin on it yep, and show yep. some of the things. But you know, to a certain point, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Willie Beeman's out here in this there world. Sure are. I thought that movie was great. Steaming Willie, right? 
Still, Steven Steven Beeman. Beeman. That's what it was. That's right, Steven <laughs> Beeman. All right, an actor I'd want to star in a movie about my life. Remember what you wrote for that? Not The Rock. The Rock. Okay, you got that one. Now, this one I'm going to argue with you on because I disagree with you on this one. All a right. weird food combination that I love. You know what you wrote? Uh, no. Papa John. Now, I hate Papa John pizza. You obviously like Papa John pizza. You, you, I, had, I had Papa John's a couple of days ago. I had a couple of slices, and it was amazing. A lot, a lot of people say that, but I, it's not just the pizza. It's the sauces. It's with, it's with the, when you add the, the extras, the sauces on the side, I think that's why I love the pizza so much. Ah, so you're a sausage guy. So what's uh, on your the, pizza? The, the sauces. The, the garlic sauce. Ah, the or, sauce. Uh, or the cheese sauce that they have on the side, yeah. And what kind of pizza you want? Do you put sausage, mushrooms? What do you do? Just, just pepperoni. You're tra- I hate mushrooms. Guys, you're a pretty traditional pizza eater then. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Simple. All right. We're moving along here. Uh, eggnog, you listed as one of your favorite drinks? Yeah, and it's seasonal, and I wish it wasn't. So you'd, ha- you'd have eggnog all year round? If I could, I would, yeah. <laughs> all righty. My ultimate pump-up song is... Was it was it Little John on there or no? No, Nuck if you buck. No, so okay, so this one just uh, this <laughs> this is going back. <laughs> it this is going back because that used to that used to be when I was a kid growing up when Nuck if you buck came out was something I always used to listen to before the games. Wow, so that okay, wow. That's, so this, so this is what ten fifteen years ago. This list this had to be ten fifty. Yeah. Okay, let's see how we're doing here. Okay, if I could start a team with one young player in my sport. It would be who? Now, remember 10, 15 years ago. Remember what you wrote? Uh, Peyton Manning? Von Miller. Vaughn, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Still, I'll still feel the same way. So, so, wow. So, all these years later. Okay. So, this next one is cool. The weirdest thing a fan ever yelled at me is? Uh, about my gray hair. Yes. Lights, you got a gray hair. That's right. <laughs> Good I got memory. A, uh, I got three or four gray hairs right here on top, and <laughs> you can only really see it when the sun hits it. And I'll never forget. I was it was my last couple years, about eight, my eight, seven, eight years ago now, and I was down on the sideline, <laughs> and some fan yelled out, "Hey, hey, lights! I can." I can see your gray hair. You're getting old. You should retire. And uh, I thought it was the funniest thing ever because you can only see it at a certain point when the sun is hitting it. Well, don't let it bother you, buddy. You don't want to day over 22. So ah, I would let thanks, it bother you. <laughs> All right, here we go. This was the sharks one. I usually don't tell people that I'm afraid of sharks. And the grand finale, what is the one word you never say? And it was no, which I believe about you. No is not in your vocabulary. Yep. What's next, buddy? So you've gotten the NASCAR thing, basketball, bowling, football, right? Ultimate fighting. You now have gone through so many different things. What's next? What excites you every day? Uh, really growing lights out extreme fighting. Um, you know, I think that we're just still scratching the surface. Um, there's a ton of upside to things that do in this sport that hasn't been done. And, and I'm not knocking the UFC or Bellator and the yep. other the great leagues out here. Um, I bring a different caveat to, to this thing. Um, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to play in the NFL uh, for a number of years and learn a lot uh, about the business, uh, about their fan engagement, uh, sponsors, uh, just a lot that I picked up over my time because I, I wasn't just on the field. I actually was uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes and orchestrating yeah. a lot of things 
So I feel that if I implement it into this this great sport of MMA, uh, we can really, really do some things out here. Yeah, I believe it, buddy. I'm with you, man. I, I definitely believe you can. What would you say, and this is going to be my last question for you, Sean. Think of those young kids that might be listening, these young people today who don't have the blessings that you and I now have, who are struggling, who maybe tore their Achilles, or maybe you're being bullied in school, or whatever it is, something that, what is your message to them? You know, honestly, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes when you're going through things, you, you just think it's never going to stop, or you're trying to figure out, like, you know, why do I have to deal with this? And just remember, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Um, even though you can't see it right now, it's, it's, it's there and you have to keep going through, don't stop, whatever, whatever's happening at that current moment, just keep going forward. Um, because things will get better no matter what you're dealing with at that time. Yeah. You know, of all people, Richard Nixon, president Nixon once said, you don't know what it's like to be on a highest mountaintop until you've been in the lowest Valley. And that's so true about life. It's it's very true. You know what it's like to be in that Valley. You also know what it's like to be in a mountaintop. Yeah. Which means you've lived a very full life, buddy. When you think about the struggles and the growth and everything that you've been through now as a father, you know, passing these lessons down to your child. This was a lot of fun talking, Sean. You're a great guy, buddy. And I got to tell you, you, Lights Out is a great name, but you're all about lights on, man. <laughs> That's you right. got Keep so much right going on. Those lights are never going out with you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, Sean, congratulations. Where can people find out about you? Do you have a personal website where they can go to? Yeah, well, you can check me out on all the social networks. It's at Sean Merriman. But uh, Lights Out XF on all the social networks and the, and the website, LightsOutXF.com. Uh, Excellent. A lot, of, a lot of information there. Excellent. We'll be going to be watching for it on Fox and all the regional channels. And, and I hope I get to see you soon, buddy. I'd love to meet you, you face-to-face. You got it, man. Same here. I'm looking forward to it. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at JohnTaffer.com. You know, everybody should learn a lesson from this. Think of Sean as a young kid with nothing to eat. I mean, that premise is so unfathomable to most of us. But unfortunately, it's not unfathomable to all of us. But that's where Sean draws his strength. And, you know, when I was young, I had a violent mother. And I draw my strength from those days, too. So, you know, sometimes the strength that we learn as a child is a strength that elevates us later in life. And Sean's a great example of that. Great football player, great competitor, now a great businessman. So make sure everybody sends their audio files. Make sure that you hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Go to podcastone.com or the Podcast One app, and you'll get new episodes every Tuesday. Thank you, Sean Merriman. It was great to have you. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Introducing the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited 5% back on everything you buy at Walmart online. It's the perfect card for all your family's hints this holiday season. Like 5% back on the air fryer Grandpa told you about when he fell asleep in his chair. Didn't even fry anything. Or 5% back on the laptop your sister had carolers sing to you. Two turtles and a laptop for Carrie. The Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A.